before the preacher gets up and speaks. We call that praise and worship, right? No, this part of what we're doing is just as important to worshiping God as it was when we were singing or if we happen to have Hillsong up here or whoever it was, Elevation. It doesn't matter. We could have all the talented musicians and singers in the world. And we do have some talent in this room right now. We can have all of the talent that's available to humanity in this room get up on the stage and it could fall flat. Because it's not done with that idea and that heart toward being at His feet. I'm lifting this to you. This is about you, Lord. It's, it's got nothing to do with spirit, capital S. Are you with me? See, because that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying something to you. Young people hear me. Older people hear me. But, but to the young people especially. It doesn't have to have a certain beat. It doesn't have to have a certain light. It doesn't have to have a certain... Listen, the hair doesn't have to stand up on the back of your neck. That's emotion. We've made praise and worship more about emotion, about our emotion. Oh, man, you're going to shout me down this morning, I can tell. Are, are you with me? See, I know that you know this, and I say, again, I'm not, but I'm not going to apologize because I think even those of us who are old, gray, those of us who have been in the Lord for a long time, we could get kind of comfortable. We can kind of get relaxed. And, and, and you know what? We've been doing it this way for quite a while and, and, it, and it satisfied the Lord then, so surely it's got to be satisfying to the Lord now. Really? Because, because what? Because I say so? Because that pastor says so? Because my favorite celebrity preacher says so? Because this so? No, it's not human. It, it, it's not contrived. It's not put... A, it's, it, this is, has, it has to be the Spirit. But it's all about worshiping Him. So I need to know... Is it pleasing to Him? Is this what He requires? And above all things, listen, is this really me being at His feet? Is this really me being, listen, is it really me about serving Him? Is it really me elevating His status? I said this on Wednesday. You know, God, I don't know why, but uh, maybe I'm just silly this way. But the Lord ministered in my heart during the week before Wednesday service. You know what? He's God. His glory is not going to change. He clothes himself in unapproachable light. Whether I acknowledge that or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the thing. There could be every human being alive that no one would ever acknowledge that. It wouldn't change his status or stature, not one bit. He's always God. He's always clothed in, in, in approachable light. But my brothers and sisters, that's what makes this even more special to me. That God... That God mattered. I mattered to Him so much that He, listen, He left His status. He left His stature. He left His glory, which He had in heaven. Took a human body and became lower than the angels to do something. To do what? So that I could imagine that God. So I could be reconciled and have an understanding about it. So that I can know God. And that my sins can be washed away. That He could pay the price that I, it was totally impossible for me to pay. He paid that price. That God. That God who clothes Himself in inapproachable light. That God. Changed His glory and did something that I couldn't do for myself. That one. Who it doesn't matter what. He does not need me to acknowledge Him in order to change His status or stature. It will never change. He's always going to be the glorious God. But He loves me. And He loves you. Amen?
Hallelujah. That is awesome. That is awesome. So how can I not worship Him? Remember the psalm that we just read. And you know this, but see, my brothers and sisters, this is part of it. This is, this is where Tony lives. So maybe, you're not, maybe this isn't a big deal to you. But I've got to believe that I'm not the only one. So I, do I, am I always mindful of that? Am I always mindful who it is that I'm worshiping? And, and is my worship strong enough as it relates to now who it is? Why? Because remember, He created everything. Everything that I could see and those things that I cannot see. That one created all of it. That one. In the beginning, God. Period. Nothing before Him, nothing after Him. It's hard for me to, to grasp this concept, but could you imagine that God exists outside of time? I can't imagine that concept. I, but I know it's big. Duh. But, but are you there? Can, can you, can, so, so that's this... How could I not... How can, I, how can I just take it lightly? How can I just, you know, whatever makes me feel good, that must make him feel good. If I'm having an emotional charge out of it, then it must be right with him. If the hair stood up on the back of my neck, he received it. That's emotion, isn't it? Okay, you're shaking your head yes. Hallelujah! <laughs> I'm going to read to you a little bit, and we'll put some up on the board. But we're going to a specific story, and you'll all be familiar with it. In Matthew chapter 15. The Pharisees and the scribes who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God of your, tra- of your traditions? For God commanded saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Corbin is what they called it. Then he, need, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Did you hear me? Hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people, verse 8, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me. Did you see that? In vain they worship me. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, they're worried about these, the Pharisees and the priests, they're worried about these, they're defiling themselves by, you know, not eating, I mean, not washing before they, not washing the vessels properly, not washing their hands. Now listen, this is not just a simple thing about hygiene. Jesus said, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, you come in, God made dirt, dirt don't hurt. <laughs> come on. You, uh, when, when Dad Prettyman used to say that to me when my kids were just to drive me crazy. Ah, let him eat dirt. <laughs> it's good for him. I digress. Forgive me. But now, now listen. This is not really about that. Right? But this is just, it's just a, a great situation where Jesus has this. Listen, you guys, and he's even said this, you care more about your traditions than you do the Word of God. Right? He told them something else about the Word. You search the Scriptures because in them you think you'll find everlasting life. But the Scriptures speak of me. Didn't he tell them that? My brothers and sisters, so, so look, so what is this saying to me? Verse 
I can't get locked into some traditions. And I can't, man, when I first went to a church, the church that I got saved in, I think me and mom were talking about this maybe the other day. This was a long time ago when some of you weren't even born yet. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me, Anita? You were... <laughs> so, so watch. So the church that I went to, it was, it was neat. I had to hear it was at the right time. God, but now as I got more into the Lord and as I read the Word and, and Holy Spirit started you know, speaking and ministering to me, I found out some of the things that they were teaching weren't quite right. It didn't line up. And there was this proudness. There was this, uh, well, we're Spirit-filled, so anybody else who doesn't believe this same thing, they're going to hell. But I got to tell you, it got on me a little bit. You know, so I was not, even though I, I had all the zeal, but without knowledge. So there were some things that I was being taught that I ran with, but then as I got a little bit more mature in the Lord and started reading this and understanding by the Spirit, now listen, I'm so thankful for that ministry because... I was saved, but I needed to hear some of those things that I heard. And I praise God that there were a lot of people in that situation. And I pray that many people, I pray that pastor or whoever, whatever's going on there now is totally 100% right. I, I pray that. But my brothers and sisters, listen, I had to learn something. I had to sit under other men as the Lord was raising me up before He ordained me. He called me while I was in that church. I was called to be, I knew I was called to be a minister of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ because he called me and it was confirmed by elders who prophesied over me without me even saying anything to them. So again, I have a lot to be thankful for for that ministry. Amen? Amen? There's, there's so many things that happened that were great things. But my brothers and sisters, so I had to go and I had to, it was up to me. It was up to me. I had to learn. I, if, if I was serious about God, which I was, and which a lot of you are, and many of you have gone through what I'm talking about right now. You've, you know, and, but I'm not there yet. And I know this, this ticks off the Pharisees, the Christian Pharisees, when I say stuff like this. But I'm not totally there. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And you know what? Sometimes there are people in this room who might say something, who tweak something, and then I have to go look it up, or I have to go say something. I have to go you know, pray to God and say to God, you know, lead me, guide me, direct me here. I'm not ashamed to tell you that. But this is what the Scripture says. We're moving from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. Not by my human spirit. Listen, not by my tradition. Not by that church that I just left or going to... Are you with me? Yes. Okay, so, so it's got to be... It's, I'm worshiping Him, but it's got to be about Him and not about me. And He's saying to these Pharisees, listen, you guys care more about your traditions and you're worshiping, but you're not worshiping from your heart. See, it's more about your status, your stature. It's more about the things that make sense to you. And you're bringing that to God, thinking that this is pleasing God. Isn't that what the Scripture says? Am I going sideways here? Somebody stop me if I am. No, <laughs> no this is God speaking to us. And when He called the multitude to Himself, He said to them, Hear and understand, it's not what goes into the mouth which defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth which defiles a man. Amen. Are you with me? So now watch. So Jesus says this, and then his disciples come back to him and says, Hey, do you, you know you offended those Pharisees. And Jesus said, Oh no. <laughs> no. Jesus spoke and he, and he said, Listen, 
the, the, you know, he, he said that all the plants that God planted, that did God did not plant, they're going to be plucked up. And he said, listen, and he said this, they are like blind leaders leading the blind. They're all going to end up in a ditch. That's why, my brothers and sisters, I will continue as long as the Lord allows me to put these scriptures up because I will not be a blind leader leading the blind. You're going to see what the Word says because it doesn't matter what Tony says. It matters what the Word says. Right? Only that. See, I can't get you guys to believe in or think in a certain way because it's what God has taught me. Suppose I... Oh, hallelujah. Michelle and I, when we moved up to Carolina, and some of you have heard this story a bunch of times, but so what? I got different people in here, so I get to say it again. (laughs) Or it might be somebody different. Listen, so so wait. So when Michelle and I and the kids, we moved to Carolina, we started hunting churches. And so we're going and we're visiting. And it was almost like clockwork. Almost, And then even when we came back down here, you know, whenever we went to a church, there'd be a visiting preacher. So we never get to hear the pastor. We had to go back several times. But there was this one church in uh, the not too far away from us, Spearfields. We were looking for a Spearfield non-denominational church. So we go to this church and, you know, we go. It's pretty good. And we go and pastor's preaching okay and everything seems, atmosphere seems good and all that. And so we go back. And, you know, they're operating in the gifts. And this woman who was part of the praise team, I think, got up there and, and, and prophesied. And she said something that just absolutely crawled over me. And I know, and it was Holy Spirit, because when she said it, I looked at Michelle, and Michelle looked at me. It's like those heads, the kids were in between us, and it was like, doing, doing. <laughs> did you hear what you did? Yeah, I heard it. We, we left. The woman basically said the gist of what she said that was... There was more than one way, more than one way to get to God. That was in a spirit, shell. She said, she, she's, I'm not lying. She's, yeah, I'm not making this up. This was in a non-denominational Christian church. And then what, I was waiting for the pastor to correct. He didn't. He didn't. We were, we were up and out. We waited a little bit. He didn't correct anything, song, Out. Why? Because it doesn't matter what they say, what they think we're spirit-filled. No, that's not... That doesn't... That's the, no. The word is very specific. So, I, there's one way. Right? Come on. So, look. Oh, so, 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 Tony, that's such a rudimentary part of the doctrine. Everybody in this room knows that. Yeah, I, I know that you know that. But what about some of the other things that are being preached, taught? What are some of the other things that, that, that men of God... Or, quote unquote, I'm using the air quotes, what, that men of God will say something from the pulpit or you've heard your second favorite preacher say this on TV and then you're running with it. Or it must be okay. I, I, come on. So, so my brothers, it's very important. Why? Why? Because it matters what God wants. It matters what God, who He is. It matters, does it glorify Him? Is it in line with what He says? Is it, oh, oh, come on. See, I, I'm here, listen, I'm here to glorify God. You're here to glorify God. His status won't change. We just have to make His glory known. Come on, we just have to make His glory known. And, and how we do that is live according to what He says, what He does, not how I feel, what I... Oh, come on. Alright, Hallelujah. And so, Peter says to, to Jesus in this situation, he says, okay, explain what you meant. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this, Tony language. Explain what you meant by that, Jesus. Right? 
So Jesus said, are you all still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters into the mouth goes into the stomach and and is eliminated? But those things would proceed out of the mouth, come from the heart, and they defile a man. Verse 19. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Okay, so now, excuse me, let's go back. These th- I've never committed murder. Well, I, I'll bet you've had evil thoughts. And remember what Jesus said too regarding murder. When you feel such anger and wrath towards your brother where you're going <clears> to <throat> let it go, you've killed him. Sermon on the Mount. Anybody read that one? Anybody hear that one? Right? So it, it, this is not talking necessarily... Because why? Did that even... My brothers and sisters, look, that even goes to the heart more. What do you mean, Tony? I didn't physically kill my brother, but in my heart I felt such wrath and such anger, such hatred toward him. That, that proves what Jesus is saying. It's what's in your heart that matters. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Murders, adulteries. So let's, let's talk about adultery. <clears throat> Jesus said, if you look at the woman and have that thought, you've already committed the act. Uh-oh. So now look, Jesus said that of, of men because we know biologically and physically men and women are wired differently. However, in the modern culture, we see more and more and more women are told, you know, it's okay for you to lust after men. It's okay for this. It's okay for that. And so more and more now it's being put before women. You're in control. Listen, you don't need me to tell you or to preach this. I I could preach a whole message on this. But my brothers and sisters, young ladies, it's just as much adultery for you as it is for a man. It's just as much fornication for you if you're lusting after somebody and having those kind of thoughts about what you will do physically. It's just as much sin for you as it is for a man. And it's just as much sin according to His Word as if you committed the physical act. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just reading what his word says. Well, don't shout me down, you Methodists in this room. Uh, Listen, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, uh, eh, come on. This is real. And so watch. If I'm worshipped, so this speaks, this speaks. Now, outwardly, I could be all pious and saintly. I love my wife so much. She's the good looking and good cooking, babe. I could put on that. But what's happening on the inside? Come on, men. What's happening on the inside? What happens when that half-dressed woman walks down the street? Man, if you're not blind, I mean, you notice. Are you going back for that second and third look? Uh, uh, Man, why am I here? Why am I here? I don't know. Somebody needs to hear this. How about you women? Same thing. Whoa! What about the stuff that we're seeing on the internet? What about the stuff that we're seeing on our handheld? Come on! Is that see now, now my brother and sister? Well, you know, it's not that it's not that big of a deal in these modern churches. You know, blah blah blah. It's going to happen, and we have to reimagine the Bible. And <clears throat> Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. What He said then, He meant for us forever. It is. It is. It is. Amen. Amen. Man, I got to just get going here because I could just. Come on, Tony. Hallelujah. But my brothers and sisters, let, let me look at uh, adulteries, fornications, uh, but thefts. Thefts, false witness. Do we let things cross our mouths that aren't 100% accurate? Yeah, we do. 
That's what defiles you. So, so defilement, what does defilement mean? I mean, totally common and unclean, used and abused by everybody. Just totally, that, if you look up that word, look it up in your strong. Luke, amen? Luke knows. Hey, hallelujah, and not Luke in the Bible, that Luke's sitting right there. But, but my brothers and sisters, think about that for a moment, okay? So I was trying to say, you know, when, that, when I, you know, I wanted to make sure that what I knew was what I knew, so I, I actually made sure that I looked it up this morning fresh so that I wouldn't misrepresent. So I'm thinking, Lord, you know what the first thing that came to my mind is? You could tell it's Christmas because in the guest bathroom in our house, hanging on the rack is a Christmas towel. Now, there has got to be another towel that's laying next to the sink so that when you wash your hands, you don't go to that special towel. You go to the one that's already been defiled, the one that's for defilement. You're laughing, but you know what I'm saying, don't you? See, th- see let me just tell you all something. Let me just, while I'm there, I can't back out of it now, right? So while I'm there, you are God's special towel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody knows that Jesus Christ is Lord because you're hanging on the rack, baby. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was good. I'm glad this is being recorded. <laughs> no, I, I, but you understand? Because, you know, some of you are laughing. You know why? Because you got the special towel hanging in your bedroom too. That's right. Come on. Don't look at me like you know you do. And you know what I'm talking about. So then when the next special towel comes out, we've got to put a different towel. You know, come on. Hallelujah. So then we have this other situation. So that's, that's, that's this first case study. You have the people who are holy and righteous and they have their tradition and this is how we do it and this is what's pleasing to God and this is the thing that we're going to force on everybody else unless you're doing it this way that you're less than you know, godly. You're, you're not holy. You're not on the special towel rack, if you will. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, Jesus, we remember this in um, John chapter 4. Jesus' disciples are, are traveling. And they stop at the well. And Jesus sends his disciples on ahead to go get the vittles. Right? Go, go any. So Jesus at the well. He's resting. Samaritan woman comes up. And he asks her to draw something out of the well for him. And she says, if she's taken back, right? Because she's Samaritan. You know, she's, the, she's you know, racial. There's, there's this, she's a half-breed. She's, she's mixed race. And so there's no, no, that, we don't do that. We don't do that. Why? That was the holy, the religious people back then. No, we don't, we don't do that. My brothers and sisters, as long as you live in a human body, as long as before Jesus comes back, there will never be, and you're going to keep me, I'm going to keep hearing, you're going to keep hearing me say this, because our young people need to know this, there is not a device system on the planet that will give and deliver total justice that will be totally without prejudice. If there's a man, if there's a human being involved in it, you've got the, you, there's potential. And, and I'm going I'm to say this, I'm going to add this to it, and I'm not being political, so just stop. It's spiritual. So, and here's the, the ones that you've got to watch out for the most. The ones that say, we're doing this for you. The ones that are saying, we've got you, yeah, we, we've got to take care of you. We're, those are the ones you've got to watch the most. I'm just telling you. The one who really has your best interest in his heart, he wrote all about it right here in the Bible. Amen? That's the one you follow. And that's the only one that will deliver true justice. Amen? 
So if you're looking for anybody or anything else, this group, that group, the other group, forget about it. You're, not, you're never going to be satisfied. Never. Okay, so I'm glad I got that out of the way. But really, did I? Did I? So now you have this Samaritan woman, and she's taken back because surely no Jewish man would talk to a Samaritan woman. And she's, she said, wait, what are you doing? And he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it was to save you, give me a drink, you would ask of him and he would give you living water. And she's like, you don't even have nothing to dip with. How are you going to give me water? Are you, are you greater than Jacob, our father who dug this well? How are you going to give me water? And he says, whoever drinks of this water, the water in that well is going to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Okay, give me this water because I'm tired of coming out here every day to dip. I don't want to thirst anymore. I'm in it. Bring it. Bring it. Okay, Jesus says, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. You said that right. Because you have five. And the guy you're with now, you're not even married to. Now, my brothers and sisters, she got, her all, she got all in an uproar, said, I'm never coming back and talking to this prophet again. That's what happens here. Let me say one thing, or go to a church and let that pastor say one thing. Well, he's telling on me. I'm not. Holy Spirit is. If it hit the mark, hallelujah. Then you got a choice to make. My brothers and sisters, that's what this is all about. And so, look, look. No. She said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I perceive you're a prophet. So now, as long as I'm standing in front of a prophet, i got a question for you. Our fathers say that we should worship on this mountain, Gerizim. But your fathers, or the Jewish folks, they say it's in Jerusalem. Solve that problem for me. Solve that problem for me. My brothers and sisters... Think about that for one moment. You're a prophet. You just read my mail. Praise God she continued to talk with him. I wish, no, I pray, hallelujah, God, help the people in this community. Help the people who have been in and out of this church that got their, their, their feelings hurt because something came from the pulpit and it was like I was reading their mail when I wasn't. I... I that's proof. You know what? Let me, let, me, let me stomp on this just for one minute. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm just called by God to minister His Word. I don't, I, I don't read your mail. I don't have people in your house coming to me telling me all about you. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's not me. So if I've said something and it landed, hallelujah, you better believe that that's God speaking to you. And if God is speaking to you, then I would listen. But just, but just remember where we were, where we started. The king of everything, the one who created everything, he cares that much about you. He's involved with your daily life that much. He knows the details, and he's put somebody like me, who's stupid and silly, who would just say something just because Holy Spirit nudged him, because he wants to get through to you, because he loves you. He wants you to fix it. And here's the thing. He's not going to leave you on your own to fix it. He's saying, come to me. Let's, let's fix this. I've made it so that you don't have to have this struggle anymore. I've made it so you can be delivered from this. But instead we shoot the messenger. She didn't shoot the messenger. Oh, I pray, you're a prayer. Oh, man. Yeah, you're hearing from God, so now tell me this. Let me change the subject here real quick. 
<laughs> let's, let's get the spotlight off of me and let's just talk theology. So here's what Jesus said. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor Jerusalem worship the Father. Look at verse 22. You worship what you do not know. I got to stop there. You worship what you do not know. My brothers and sisters, this is what plagues me in my soul. This is what bothers me is because there's so many people that go in and out of this church. There's so many people in other churches. And I'm not judging, but my brothers and sisters, the question has to be asked, do they really know Jesus? Do they really know Him or do they know about Him? Do they understand what they've been told by somebody like me? Come on. Man, there are... I've I, I got to say it. I, I know I say it much, but please hear me. There are so many times when I'll flip through the Christian networks and you'll, there'll be a pastor and he's given a great... I mean, it's just awesome. And I'm thinking, man, there's a good message in there somewhere, but what I haven't heard is, where is that coming from the Scripture? Uh, you know, that sounds great. I mean, I, in, in somewhere in there. But so now, tie it, pastor, preacher, please, do something for me. Show me where Jesus said that. Or show me where God has uttered that. Show me, listen, show me the spiritual utterance. Well, you don't have to, Tony, if it's for the Spirit. Please. Please. No, I want to see where that is. Look at, what the, look at how the Bereans were, were praised. They were a different kind of people. Why? Because when they were preached at, because somebody likes that. that when, they were, when they heard the message, what did they do? They went back to their Bibles to see where it was. Didn't they? My brothers and sisters, that's not, that, that's, that's not happening right now. So do we even know what we're worshiping? Oh, man. Do we even know what we're worshiping? You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is. So from that point on, it is right now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Such what? Those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. So how can I worship God if I don't know the truth? And how do I know, how do you know right, right now what I'm saying is true unless you check it out? Check it. You better check me. You better check me. Just because I put it up there, that doesn't mean it. You better check me. Now I'm cutting and pasting, so it's coming right out, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Are you with me? Okay. So you better check it. Oh, yeah, but I know, Tony, he's, he's not going to lie. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a man. I can make a mistake. You need to check. I think like last week or the week before, I might have messed up the priest's names or something. Did anybody catch that? Luke, did you catch that? I think I messed up the priest's names or something. I attributed different names to the son of whoever. But anyway, regardless, my point is that I can make a mistake. Right? Check me out. Make sure. Make sure. Make sure. True worshipers. God is spirit. And those who worship must. Must. It's not a... Listen. Must. He, he said that for a reason. I'm going to point it out to you because I'm not saying it. It's in the Word. If you, look in, if you dust your Bible off when you go home and you look in there, it's going to say must. It's not an option. You must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? All right. So she goes and she goes and she gets them. She gets the people and she's, everything's excited. I'm going to read to you now from beginning in verse 39. Many Samaritans of that city believed in Him, Jesus, because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. 
So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Watch. Didn't care that they were mixed race. Didn't care that anybody else would have a big problem with the master, the teacher, staying with those people. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, again, Jesus, Jesus is the only way that we will have no more, listen, no more prejudice, all justice for everybody. Jesus is the way. Amen? That's it. Hallelujah. Don't depend on anybody else. Now, I don't care what news agency or what social platform you're on. Don't believe any of it unless it comes out of here. Amen? Jesus showed us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the, the, the religious authority thought. He didn't care. It didn't matter to him. Didn't matter. Hallelujah. They urged him to stay with them and he stayed there for two days. Verse 41. And many more believed because of his own word. Why did they believe? Because they heard it from him. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said for ourselves. We have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. My brothers and sisters, you can listen to Pastor Tony all day long, but I'm telling you, It doesn't mean a thing if you don't check it out and understand that this is an encounter with the living Word of God. You've got the Logos and it has to become Rhema. Here we go. Back to that word. It has to be Rhema. It has to be Jesus ministering to your heart. His Word. Who He is. Amen? The living Word has to minister Himself to you inside by His Spirit. Amen? Okay, so now watch. I, I'm going to go back now real quick for my Wednesday night group. We were together on Wednesday and we were studying out of Luke chapter 17. Now, just bear with me. Remember, that was the story of the ten lepers. Ten lepers were, were, were cleansed. So just to bring everybody up to the same platform, let's, let's, here we go, verse 11. It happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria. and There we go, Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. So as we talked about and discussed on Wednesday, you know, those, the Jewish uh, folks, nine of them were Jews and one of them was Samaritan. And even the Samaritan had a chance of knowing what it said. They, he, when he says, go, show yourself to the priests, that he was in, right in line with the law of, of God, the, the covenant as it relates to the law that was given through Moses. And that was, you know, you go, the, the priest has to uh, say that you're clean so that you can enter back into society, back into fellowship, back into the camp, right? So in order for that, the, the, the priest makes a determination, then there are certain specific sacrifices that have to be made, and then you're back in. See, because, look, these guys are living on the outskirts of town because they are basically... Uh, pariahs. I mean, they're, they're not, they can't be anywhere. It's a highly communicable disease, and they don't want you know, anybody else to get them, and when you get it, there's no cure. It's, it's got to be God or it's not cured. So they're living, so now watch. They're, they're outcasts from church. They're outcasts from their own families. They can't be in town. I mean, and now they're just living together in the middle of towns and, and staying away from people, right? That's pretty rough. Go show yourselves to the priests. Now it says specifically, when they turned and started walking, that's when they were healed. When he said, go show yourselves to the priest, they weren't healed then. They weren't healed until they started going to the priest. Right? Okay. That's awesome stuff. So now, that's a whole other sermon. That's walking by faith, just obeying what the, the word of the Lord is and doing it. And you'll, you know, 
reap the benefit? Obedience. Obedience, right? Now one of them, in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So let me pause here. Now remember the definition of worship. Isn't that what that looks like? He fell down at his feet. He fell down before Jesus and he cried out, glorified God with a loud voice. He didn't care who heard him. He didn't care about anything else. He just knew who it was who healed him. He knew who had the power and the authority and he went down and he got on his face before Jesus Christ. Amen? Didn't run home. Now the others didn't return. Now, so, so we know that this, when, when this happens, right? Uh, we know what happens. Uh, Jesus answered said, Where are the ten, weren't there ten cleansed? Where are the nine? <clears throat> Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. See, so, so as we discussed, those of us who were together on Wednesday, I mean, those other nine, they were all pro- so excited and they probably ran to their families. Some of them may have had families and they hadn't been able to hug their kids or see their kids. They, you know, they're running back to go and finally greet their families. You know, do what they got to do with the priest, get it confirmed, and then go and be with their families. Go and, and see if their job is still available to them. Go and you know, get back into town and enjoy the fellowship with other folks. Wrong? No. But that's not the first thing that should have been done. How do I know that? There's Jesus. He said. Weren't there ten that were cleansed? Where are the other nine? There was an expectation there, wasn't there? But, but I love it, and, and look, at, look at what he says, your faith has made you well. Now Luke, not Luke here, Luke there, when we were having the discussion on Wednesday, he rightly said that that well is bigger than just he healed them. Right? That word well comes from the same word that means saved and delivered, the Greek word sozo. So you've been delivered and you've been saved. Now does that mean the other ones haven't been? Maybe not. Maybe not. They were healed. But see, my brothers and sisters, so, so what does that say to me? What, is, what does that say? You know, we get all excited about the great things of God. But we need to be excited about God. See, we're, we're, we're in this and we want to have prosperity and we want to have good health and we want to have all of those great things. We want the benefits of being His kids. Amen. Amen. But my brothers and sisters, listen, if I'm his kid, then I need to know him. Right? And he needs to know me. He knows everything. No, no, no. Not know of me. Be in tight, locked. Right? Many will say to me in day, Lord, Lord, haven't we cast out demons in your name? Haven't we done miracles in your name? Haven't we done my name? Depart from me, you who knew, worked iniquity. I never knew you. Right? So I don't want to be, I, I don't want to just know of him. I want to make sure that I know him. I, I don't want to just, you know, do some of those things that God, you know, that seem right to me. I want to worship him. This is what, this, this is what happened. He was glorified. He glorified God. Jesus was glorified. Jesus was glorified. The Father was glorified. All of the Godhead, all of it was glorified. Why? This man ran back and acknowledged where that healing came from. 
The one, the one who has all power, the one who has all authority, had mercy on me. Right? When he asked, when they asked for mercy, that means, like we studied on Wednesday, I don't deserve this. I don't, I don't deserve it, so I'm asking you to have mercy on me. Despite me, have mercy. Have mercy on me. And this one who, who realized this healing ran back on his face with a loud voice and gives glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now watch. Yeah, but see, if God healed me from leprosy, I would do that too. See, is it, is it that we should just wait and, 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 and wait for a good thing to happen to us? Because to be honest with you, as it relates to what I read in the Scripture, there's all, good things happen to us every day. Amen. When you woke up this morning, it was a good thing. Amen. But we're judging what's good, what's bad, according to our feelings, our expectations. Nah. Could you imagine that? And see, that's the thing too. That's why it's so hard for people who have means, material. It's hard for them to really worship God. They've got what they need. And the God thing is just, you know, something ancillary. Hmm. But, so I, do I need something bad to happen to me so that I can go and beg for His mercy? Sometimes. See, you know, things don't happen to me just because the devil's after me. Things happen to me if I, I have to get in, in line, out of God's line and in line with the enemy. The devil can't attack me or have anything bad happen to me. It cannot be fulfilled without God allowing it. Now that's not popular to say. But it's true. So, my brothers and sisters, so, so it benefits me to understand what the will of the Lord is, to do the will of the Lord. But listen, not get locked in with traditions to know what this says and to worship Him. Honor Him first. That's why He's always talking about the first fruits. Honor Him with the first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Right? See, then, then you become the holiday towel. Now you're the one that's for, you're on the rack. You're bringing attention to God. Amen? And so then when you get into that position where you can speak loudly, not worrying or caring about who's saying what, who thinks worse or who thinks bad of you. So I also was reminded of, of Martha and Mary. And so many times from this pulpit you've heard this example, right? When you know Jesus is over at the house... And Martha is just all about, she's looking to put on the dog, man. She's got to have the best, the, the vittles got to be the best. Everything, the house better be clean. Everything, the master's coming over. We need everything just right. Table's got to be just right. Everything's got to be just right. Uh, yes, that happens. So what happens is now, now we know what happens. She's hustling and bustling. And, and where is Mary? At the feet of Jesus. She's worshiping Jesus. She's hanging on every word that he says. That's worshiping him. Now Martha gets all frustrated. Don't you care? I'm busting my back over here and she's just sitting there doing nothing. Frustrating, speaking out of frustration. 
Don't you care, Lord, that i got to work two jobs to support my family? Don't you care, Lord, that they're asking me to do this at the job? Don't you care, Lord, that my husband won't do this or my husband won't do that? Don't you care, Lord, that this or that or the other? Fill in the blank. Don't you care, Lord? Don't you? The Lord does care. Or maybe you need to get back at His feet. Maybe, maybe we need to just hear what He's saying. Maybe just to worship Him. Because when you worship Him, when you get at His feet, you may not hear, this is the answer to your problem. But guess what? You have the opportunity for Him to fill you with peace and joy and love and patience and all of those spiritual fruits. Give Him the opportunity to work in you what you can't work in yourself. Oh, hallelujah. Be at His feet and let Him pour into you. Mary was getting poured into. Martha was being taken out of. She's giving all she's got. Working these works according to what she knows. According, I'm going to please Jesus this way. Oh, that better be ministering to somebody more than me. I'm going to please Jesus this way. This is the way you please the Master. The food has got to be just right. The house better be spick and span clean. Man, everything better be organized. Let's make sure the right people are sitting at His right hand and the, and the correct people are sitting at His left hand. Let's make sure this is right, that's right. Is the light, are the candles just right? Or, or Come on. That, that, that's, that's not... No, let's find out what He needs. He needs to be glorified. That's what He, that's what he created me for. He needs for me to sit at His feet and worship and adore Him. And you know why? And just remember what I said. He's still God, whether I worship Him or not. He's still God. His glory doesn't change. But guess what happens? Because He made me to worship, so when I'm fulfilling that, guess who gets blessed? Him? Me. Me. I'm the one getting blessed. So last piece of Scripture. Because I, just, I was going to leave it out, but I can't. <clears throat> Maybe, remember Philippians, what we talked about in Philippians. But this is, this is all about the Apostle Paul. Right? So, so remember the mutilation and, and remember you know, he's talking about those things that were required religiously. And he's saying that, listen, we worship in the Spirit and the ones who are truly circumcised, those are the ones who are worshiping in the Spirit, right? We rely on what Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in any human effort. Remember that? It's verse 3. Now look at verse, we'll pick it up in verse 4. Though I also may have confidence in the flesh. Apostle Paul, Remember? If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. I was so zealous for God, I thought I was doing him a favor by, listen, by persecuting his church. Because that was a heresy as far as he was concerned. Amen? Concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But listen what he says. But those things that were gained to me, those things that were so valuable, I've counted loss for Christ. I count, and it was, yet indeed, I also count them all things for loss of the, of, of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, of my Lord, of whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as garbage, that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, that I may know him, that I may know him in the power's resurrection. Mm. 
the fellowship of his sufferings. Amen. Yes, I want to suffer like Christ suffered. Young people, does that really get you excited? I want to, I want to be like Pastor Tony. Yeah, suffer. No, but remember, remember, it's in those times when you go to him, it might be those... Look at, look at Job. Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the face of the earth. Okay, let me, let me uh, smite him a little bit and we'll see. I'm going to get him curse you right to your face. Go ahead. But you can't take his life. He suffered, didn't he? But he never cursed God. He had, some, he had some learning to do. And what was the end of it? When God finally appeared to him, see, because he thought he was right. He thought he was doing everything according to the righteous judgments of the Lord. Making his sacrifices and doing these duties. Right? Remember that? He was doing everything right. But then God says, uh-uh. But I love Job's confession. What he said was, I'm going to shut my mouth now because I realize something. What do you realize, Job? I stink on ice. Because, listen, I knew of you, but now I see you. And now I know you. And in light of that, I stink. Come on. Come on. Come on. I worship you, Jesus. Amen? I worship you. Stand with me. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Lord, forgive us for thinking that we are all that. Lord, forgive us if we've gotten to the place where we've gotten so comfortable that we think we're okay, even when we make those small compromises. Lord, forgive us for doing what we think is right in worship of you. So Lord, please, in the days, in the minutes, whatever it is that we have ahead of us, Lord, Lead us, guide us, show us those things that you count as worthy worship and not those things that appeal to us. Not according to our culture, not according to our feelings, but Father, everything done according to your word, according to what you like, according to your purpose, according to your plan. Lord, be glorified in our lives. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. Forgive us, Father, for falling short. And help us, Lord. Fill us, touch us, fresh and new, Holy Spirit. That we may worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. From this day forward, allow us to worship you, Lord. Lead us, Lord, in worship. Amen? Amen, amen. So let the praise team come. And let's sing together. I don't know what we ended up picking up. But let's sing together. Let's Listen, please. As the praise team comes. Come on. Can we do this? I don't know what the song is. And, and I don't know what the background music is going to be like. But here's what I'm going to say to you. I don't care. I don't care if it's a song, one of my favorites, or not one of my favorites. I don't care. It doesn't have to be my favorite. All it has to do is glorify Him. Can we just glorify the Lord and then be dismissed? Amen? Amen. Amen.